Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. People who work in advertising or marketing would probably tell you that the message and the way they message something is real successful if it's remembered for a long time. I remember when I was a 10-year-old boy, that's about 50 years ago, there was a commercial, a public service announcement that ran on many television stations. And it had a father and a son walking along. And the little son would do everything the father did. So the father walked a particular way. The son imitated his father. The father saw a rock and threw it against the lake and skipped it. The son tries to do the same. They go fishing. And he throws the line in, and the son does the same with his little fishing pole. And then he leans back against the tree, crosses legs, and puts his hands behind his head. And the son does the same exact thing. And then the commercial ends with the father grabbing a pack of cigarettes, ready to light it and smoke the cigarette. And the commercial stops there with the son reaching out and saying, Your son sees everything you do. Is this what you want him to learn? Wow, that's something I've remembered for 50 years. And I would say that advertisement worked well to be able to remember that for so long. And it's true that people are always watching us and learning from us. And the question we can ask ourselves is, what are we modeling? I think if there's one theme we can get from today's scripture readings, it's that what does Jesus model to us in shepherding? in leading, and caring for other people. In our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, again, we mentioned last week, written by Luke, this is Pentecost, because this is chapter 2 now, and Peter is preaching boldly of Jesus Christ. And he tells the people of Jesus who was crucified, who was raised from the dead, and is now glorified. And so the people ask, well, what are we supposed to do now? And Peter says, repent. Reform your lives. Again, repentance means not just turning away from a list of sin. But rather, Peter is calling them to a radical reassessment of who Jesus Christ really is for them. Remember, in the early times after Jesus' death and resurrection, many people did not follow him. Because they thought, if he was really the Son of God, why would God allow him to be crucified and humiliated that way? What a failure. And that's why Peter is calling them and others to reassess who Jesus is for him, that he is not a loser, a failure. But rather, he is the Son of God, glorified, and next to the seat of the Father. Peter reminds them that in baptism, they then are incorporated into the community. But they are to model their lives after Jesus. Not admire. Not just sit back and go, wow, Jesus, that's, that's a pretty neat thing you did. You are a special person. But that we are to model what Jesus does. And we are supposed to go also and to serve, and lay down our lives for other people. In today's gospel, John uses the image of shepherd. He gets that from the Old Testament, as that image is used 
quite often. Around that time, two New Testament writers are writing about the image of shepherd, but it many times is used for people who are leading different communities. But for John, he uses shepherd only for Jesus, and that Jesus is the model shepherd. Jesus, many times, is not happy with religious leaders of that day. And there are a number of parables in the scriptures, including this one, that again talks about his dissatisfaction and unhappiness with religious leaders at that time. And he uses the image of a shepherd. First of all, he calls himself the gate. In that ancient time, in the Middle East, all the sheep would be out about in the pastures, and then at night they would all be called into one fold. So all sheeps would all come from different places and be put in by the shepherds. And then one shepherd was chosen to be the gate to protect from marauders and wolves and other such animals. And there's no metal gate that's there, but literally the shepherd would just lay down and become the gate that anyone of a robber, thief, or a wolf comes through the sheep. To get to the sheep, they have to go through the shepherd. And the shepherd literally lays down his life. In the morning, the next day, the sheep would follow the shepherds. Now, most shepherds would tell you, people who do that for a living would say, you don't lead the sheep, you follow from behind because if there's any strays, you make sure that you can get them. But in the Middle East, and including Jesus, the image that he uses, they hear the voice. It's, it's more of a cry than a voice. It's a cry out that the sheep, who are weak and powerless, really, and when they have, they're not very good at location. They don't know where they're at all the time. And if they get lost, they just usually fall down to the ground and, and cry out until the shepherd comes and saves them. And yet Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd and that the sheep know him. Why? Because Jesus lays down his sheep and he knows them. He says the leaders of that time, many of them, only did it for themselves, for their own ego, for their own sense of power, for their own edification. And that's not what true leadership is about. So what do we learn? We learn then that anyone who takes on the role of leadership, and it isn't just religious people, but any Christian who's baptized is called to model the shepherding of offering one's life, of putting people first, knowing them. And that's not an easy thing for us at times. One of the things that I find about leadership is I've learned a lot over the many years as a priest, but also as a human being. One of my greatest joys is coaching football at a local high school in Phoenix, Arizona called Sunny Slope High School. And I've been doing that for about 12 seasons. And the reason I love coaching the kids is because they're not impressed with my title, Father. In fact, after 12 years, the only thing they said that was any good was, that's cool. That was it. Nobody oohs and ahs. It's usually the adults who are ooing and aahing, going, wow, a priest coaching? Wow, that's great. Kids... They couldn't care less. But each year, I had to earn their respect. It wasn't given to me. Oh, you're the coach. You're the priest. We'll listen to you. 
I had to be one of the first ones at practice. I had to leave on time from work here at church and to be sure I'm on time because we started off with special teams, the kicking game, every practice. I had to be prepared. I had to meet with the kids where they're at and to show up. And that's half the battle. I think the kids are not so much always interested in my knowledge and all, but did I really care about them? And if I showed up on time, I probably in 12 years, I think I've missed maybe four practices overall because it was important to be there. I dressed the same way. I had the same pattern because what I wanted the kids to know that they could count on me and forget about it. Oh, Coach Tay is, Coach Padre is there all the time. And I had to earn it each year. And over the course of the season then, over a meal or on the sidelines with practice, I got to know them a little more. And then that way I could reveal what a priest is about or who I am personally. And I think all leaders really need to learn that, that it isn't just a given. Just because you wear a collar, just because you have this fancy title father or church minister in terms of a professional sense, doesn't mean you get automatic respect. Sometimes we have to keep earning it over and over. I always tell people, a priest like me is only good as your last homily. People can forget sometimes, and that's okay, because that reminds me what real shepherding is about, laying down the life for others. Where do you see that modeled right now in leadership of all kind? Where do you see the modeling of Jesus the shepherd, of placing people first, knowing the sheep, and laying down the lives? Just like you, I am trying to figure out what's happening in our world and in our country and city right now. And I'm enjoying the discussions with different people in church ministry. And one of the things I think we're seeing now is moral theology talked about in a different way. No longer is it like um, in the abstract. No longer is it theoretical. Now, what if this happened? What if that happened? Moral theology is being lived out and affected every person right now. Who's leading us? Who's guiding us right now? Are people most important? Are their health? Or is it the economy? That's why debate is important. Because first of all, who's expendable? Ah, they're old people. They're vulnerable. They take anyway. Let's take a risk. Let's just go out. Let's just live the life the way we normally would because they're infringing on our rights. But yet on the other side, I'm starving. How am I going to feed my family and pay rent? What am I supposed to do? And that's moral theology that's being lived out now. No longer talked about out there in space and we can figure things out theoretically. It's happening now. And what do we want from our leaders? And what does Jesus model? And it isn't just for religious leaders. All Christians are called to model shepherding after Jesus. And so, how do you and I place people first? How do you and I give them dignity? How do you and I deal with people we disagree with and find it hard to love and accept in our lives? And that's really the modeling of shepherd that Jesus wants. Because, be careful, people are watching you and me as Christians. And what are we teaching them? 
Just as the father reaches for the cigarette pack, the little boy is wondering, I want to be like my dad. I will smoke too. So if we're modeling poor leadership and only in it for ourselves and what we want and what we can get right now, that's what people are going to learn about Christians. But they also can learn good things. That we lay down our lives for others. That we serve others. That we too join Jesus in being the gate and saying, no one is going to harm anyone because they have to go through me. Meaning you and me in leadership. That's why leaders need to be prayed for right now. Whether we agree with them or not, whether we like them or not, all leaders have to be prayed for. Let's pray for them. That they can model Jesus the good shepherd. That they lay down their lives. That becomes their sole concern. The common good of all people. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 